Welcome back to Blue Skies and Green Pastures. I'm your host, Paula Adams. Thanks for listening. Today, I'm going to talk about um, wisdom and a couple of other things. Um, I've been thinking a lot about um, history and reading about history and really starting to see that... (laughs) It's true what uh, King Solomon said, that there is nothing new under the sun. And also realizing, you know, that the the basic message of the Bible is just so true. That as man seeks to separate himself from God and be his own God, just like the devil did, <laughs> uh, that we just, we're just, uh, we cause so many troubles. And I I recently uh, wrote a blog called Too Smart for His Own Good about King Solomon. So I'm going to start with that. Um, Who was King Solomon? Well, most of us have heard of him. I asked my son yesterday, my 26-year-old, you know who Solomon was, right? Because, um, you know, it's been a while since we've discussed something like that. And he says, uh, yeah, he was the guy that asked God for wisdom. And I said, good, very good. What else do you know about him? And he said, well, he, um, he had a thousand wives. And I said, that's right. Very good. A lot of people know about that. And I, and I said, and he, there's a couple of other things. Did you know that he built a temple? You know, he, he was very well known for his temple that he built for God. And also that he had a lot of gold. So, you know, he had a gold plated throne and he had just so many things were gold. Like, you know, he was kind of the, the Midas God, the Midas King. But anyway, um, I said, but did you know that, you know, in the end, he actually sinned so bad that he caused the split of the kingdom of Israel into to the Israel and Judah? And he said, no, I didn't know that. And I said, well, that's actually a pretty important thing in the Bible. But I actually did not know that myself, that really it was Solomon's fault that that happened. That was a, um, that was a punishment from God. So let's, let's read, let's find out a little bit more about that. So Solomon was indeed the the son of King David. And David was the king that God loved the most. And he said that he was a man after my own heart. In other words, um, King David was really special to God. However, one day King David was outside and he saw a beautiful woman and he decided he just had to have her and her name was Bathsheba. So he sent his servants to get her and made her his wife And then later, he had her actual husband killed. His name was Uriah. So, because of this, uh, well, 
King King Solomon was Bathsheba's son. So when you think about how things get passed down in families, sometimes we call them family curses. Well, the fact that Solomon was the son of David's sin kind of really shouldn't surprise us that so many bad things happened in relation to Solomon, because that actually does happen quite a bit, unless uh, unless that person is able to um, shake off that curse, but is really which is really difficult and must be very intentional on the part of that person. So when David was crowned king, he wanted to follow God. He was very um, I mean, not David, um, Solomon, he, he wanted to, to follow God, and he went up to worship him. There was no temple, so he was worshiping him in the high places, which was actually where the pagan people worshiped their gods, too. But God came to him in a dream, and he asked him, you know, hey, you know, what do you want from me? And uh, not quite like that, but... Um, he offered him, you know, a blessing. And Solomon said, well, I want wisdom. And um, actually what he said was, give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people that I may discern between good and evil. For who is able to govern this, your great people? So the Bible tells us in the next verse, it pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this and God said to him, because you have asked this and have not asked for yourself long life or riches or the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern what is right, behold, I now do according to your word. Behold, I give you a wise and discerning mind so that none like you has been before you, and none like you shall arise after you. I give you also what you have asked, both riches and honor, so that no other, what you have not asked, I'm sorry, both riches and honor, so that no other king shall compare with you all your days. And if you will walk in my ways, keeping my statutes and my commandments, as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your days. And God gave Solomon wisdom and understanding beyond measure and breadth of mind like the sand on the seashore so that Solomon's wisdom surpassed the wisdom of all the people of the east and all the wisdom of Egypt. For he was wiser than all other men, wiser than Ethan the Ezrahite and Heman and Calcol and Darda, the sons of Mahol, and his fame was in all the surrounding nations. He also spoke 3,000 proverbs, and his songs were 1,005. He spoke of trees from the cedar that is in Lebanon to the hyssop that grows out of the wall. He spoke also of beasts and of birds and of reptiles and of fish. And people of all nations came to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And from all the kings of the earth who had heard of his wisdom. Thus King Solomon excelled all the kings of the earth in riches and in wisdom. And the whole earth sought the presence of Solomon to hear his wisdom, which God had put into his mind. 
Every one of them brought a present, articles of silver and gold, garments, myrrh, spices, horses, and mules, so much year by year. So <clears throat> that was in chapter 4. And, well, actually, that was in chapter 10, and then before that, it was chapter 4 of First Kings. So if you want to read all these verses yourself, just go to First Kings... Uh, starting around chapter 3. And, and also in First Chronicles 22, we can read that when David, his father, was king, he wanted to build a house for God, a temple. But God told him, no, your, your reign has been too bloody. But instead, I will let your son build me a house. And he also told David that Solomon would rule in a, a time of peace. So while David was still king, he gathered the many building materials that were going to be needed for the temple and set them aside. And um, he also told Solomon to be faithful to be God, to God. Later, one of David's other sons, Adonijah, or J, Adonijah, uh, hatched a plot to take over as king, and he even got Bathsheba, or who was it? I don't know. He tried to become king instead of Solomon, but he failed. So, of course, he wasn't too happy. Because David, having a thousand wives, he also had a lot of children, but he wanted Bathsheba's son, Solomon, to be the king. So you can imagine... There was a lot of in, you know, a lot of people who wanted to be king. So David said, "This is in First Chronicles twenty-two verses five through thirteen. For David said, Solomon, my son, is young and inexperienced, and the house that is to be built for the Lord must be exceedingly magnificent, of fame and glory throughout all lands. I will therefore make preparation for it." So David provided materials in great quantity before his death. Then he called for Solomon his son and charged him to build a house for the Lord, the God of Israel. David said to Solomon, My son, I had it in my heart to build a house to the name of the Lord my God. But the word of the Lord came to me, saying, You have shed much blood and have waged great wars. You shall not build a house to my name, because you have shed so much blood before me on the earth. Behold, a son shall be born to you who shall be a man of rest. I will give him rest from all his surrounding enemies. For his name shall be Solomon, and I will give peace and quiet to Israel in his days. He shall build a house for my name. He shall be my son, and I will be his father, and I will establish his royal throne in Israel forever. So actually, I just realized that God told this uh, to David even before Solomon was born. Because it says, you know, behold, a son shall be born to you. So God told him to name him Solomon. So in God's sovereignty, Solomon was going to be born. And then verse 11 says, Now, my son, the Lord be with you, so that you may succeed in building the house of the Lord your God, as he has spoken concerning you. Only may the Lord grant you discretion and understanding 
that when he gives you charge over Israel, you may keep the law of the Lord your God. Then you will prosper if you are careful to observe the statutes and the rules that the Lord commanded Moses for Israel. Be strong and courageous. Fear not. Do not be dismayed. So we see there in Second Chronicles that uh, David brought up the idea of having understanding in order to be a good king. So he had planted that idea in Solomon's mind. So by the time he went up and God appeared to him, that's what he asked for. So as we scroll down, we find out that unfortunately, because Solomon had disobeyed God by taking many foreign wives who did not worship the God of Israel, he eventually followed them into their pagan religions. God had specifically told him not to do that, but his first wife was from Egypt. Now, Solomon was not just allowing them freedom to pursue their own religion. He was also participating. And there are some actual other uh, writings that are not in the Bible that say that Solomon was not just, you know, showing up and sitting in the pew, that he was actually quite involved in occult practices and magic. magic. So it's not hard to imagine that, you know, having hundreds of wives who are consulting with demons could invite some demonic powers into the family, which is not good. Uh, 1 Kings 11 says, King Solomon loved many foreign women along with the daughter of Pharaoh. That was his first wife. He had Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Sidonian, and Hittite women. These are all pagan peoples from the nations concerning which the Lord had said to the people of Israel, you shall not enter into marriage with them, neither shall they with you. For surely they will turn away your heart after their little G gods. Solomon clung to these women in love, which I think we can say uh, lust. He had 700 wives who were princesses and 300 concubines and his wives turned away his heart. For when Solomon was old, his wives turned away his heart after other gods, and his heart was not wholly true to the Lord his God, as was the heart of David his father. See, David never worshipped um, idols. He did sin with Bathsheba, but he never worshipped idols. For Solomon went after Ashtaroth, the goddess of the Sidonians, and after Milcom, the abomination of the Ammonites. So Solomon did what was evil in the sight of the Lord and did not wholly follow the Lord as David his father had done. It repeats that twice. Then Solomon built a high place for Chemosh, the abomination of Moab, and for Molech, the abomination of the Ammonites, on the mountain east of Jerusalem. And so he did for all his foreign wives who made offerings and sacrifice to their gods. So God had warned Solomon what would happen if he got involved with these women and their religion. But he didn't listen. So 
he had warned him. If you turn aside from following me and do not keep my commandments, I will cut off Israel from the land. And the Lord was angry with Solomon because his heart had turned away from the Lord and had commanded him concerning this thing that he should not go after other gods, but he did not do what the Lord commanded. Because of Solomon's idolatry, God said that he would remove the kingdom from him. But not until after he died, he was going to take away all of the tribes except for one. And he was going to let um, his son Rehoboam be king of one tribe. And this was because of his covenant with David. And he also told um, Jeroboam that he was going to be king of Israel. And so because of that, Solomon wanted to kill him. But he ran away to Egypt until Solomon died. After Solomon died, Israel was going to follow Rehoboam. But Jeroboam came back from Egypt. After Rehoboam foolishly told the people that he was going to make their lives even more difficult than his father Solomon had, they said, well, uh... We think we're going to go with Jeroboam instead of you. But the tribe of Judah made Rehoboam their king. And so because of this, uh, Israel, or let's see, Judah, okay, I'm, I'm confused about that. There was going to be a battle to retake Jerusalem from Jeroboam. But the prophet Shemaiah told them, no, Don't do it, because this is from God. So they didn't didn't go into battle. And Israel has been in rebellion against the house of David, which is Judah, to this day. And when all Israel uh, heard that Jeroboam had returned, they sent and called him to the assembly and made him king over Israel. There was none that followed the house of David, but the tribe of Judah only. That's from 1 Kings 12. And I looked up because I did the math, and I said, wait, there's only 10 tribes here, and there's one tribe of Judah, so that's only 11 tribes. What happened to the 12th tribe? Because remember, the 12 tribes are the 12 sons of Israel. So I I looked that up, and I found that Benjamin was included with Judah because Benjamin was in Jerusalem. So after Jeroboam became king of Israel, he began to fear that the people would want to go offer sacrifices in Jerusalem, and they would end up making Rehoboam king again. So he acted foolishly, by creating two golden calves and telling the people to worship them instead of going to Jerusalem to worship God. He told them that these were their gods now. And he also appointed them a feast day, which was obviously not allowed by God. Jeroboam reigned for 22 years and did many other abominations, uh, And then Rehoboam, down in Judah, also led his people into sin with um, 
idolatry with the ashram and all the abominations of the nations that the Lord had driven out of the land. So he says, After this thing Jeroboam did not turn from his evil way, but made priest for the high places again from among all the people. Any who would, he ordained to be priest of the high places. And this thing became sin to the house of Jeroboam, so as to cut it off and destroy it from the face of the earth. So we have a very sad ending to the uh, fabulous life of King Solomon with his thousand wives and golden throne and his and his beautiful houses and his temple and 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 then he was supposed to be so wise. So he's remembered for those things, but his sin and idolatry had long-lasting effects for God's people and his own family. Later in his old age, he reflected upon what he had learned from his life of great wisdom, riches, and and, uh, relationships. He wrote these down in the book of Ecclesiastes. He had also written, as we said earlier, many proverbs, which evidently he did not follow himself. In the book of Ecclesiastes, he says in verse 1, For in much wisdom is much vexation, and he who increases knowledge increases sorrow. So what can we learn from this life? First, we can see that having the ability to discern good and evil is useless and even dangerous when it's not combined with obedience to God's authority. True wisdom comes from trusting God, seeking God, and living the way God commands us to live. Solomon's desire for women was stronger than his desire to obey God. This led to his downfall. Nothing has changed in today's world. The sex drive is the downfall of many people. Second, when when Solomon became involved in idolatry, he was no longer under God's blessing. This is still a danger today. Be careful that you do not invite demons into your life through pagan religious practices. Third, we can compare David's sin with Solomon's. David consistently repented in sorrow and sought God when he sinned. His love for God was strong. We don't see that with Solomon. His reflections in Ecclesiastes seem to indicate his regrets, and he advises the reader to fear God and keep his commandments. But we do not know if he turned back from idol worship. However, we can recall that he had loved God in the past, so hopefully he did repent. And last but not least, we see how Solomon's sins affected many generations of his own family as well as all of Israel's history. We must be careful because our sins can have lasting effects on others. Most importantly, we should read Solomon's story as a cautionary tale, a story of regrets caused by pride, not a story of a wise king. Wisdom comes from God. Being smart without being humble can lead to all kinds of trouble. And we see this throughout history. Uh, if you, I wanted to talk more about the age of enlightenment and the age of reason and, and also the Great Awakening, which all these things happened in the late 1600s and, and 1700s when man began to make a lot of discoveries in science And instead of thanking God for these discoveries, they began to elevate their own intelligence and reasoning powers and think that they didn't need God anymore. 
However, with the Great Awakening, we also saw a revival among uh, certain groups where there was even more uh, adoration and, and love for God. So at the same time that, you know, um, atheism was beginning to grow and um, the love of wisdom versus the love of God was, was really taking root, that would, which kind of got us to where we are in the modern world. Uh, there was also a flourishing of of many um, Christians and their faith was was growing stronger. So God has not God has not given up on us, and He is always there if we can turn to Him instead of turning to our own wisdom. And uh, it's kind of funny that um, that King Solomon wrote one of the most well known proverbs which is, um, seek not thine own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he will direct thy paths, which him, of course, is God. So he, he knew that he messed up. Anyway, thanks for listening. Bye.